Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The topic of work seems to cause division when God desires unity. Some testify you work for your salvation, while others say no work is needed. But the question is, what does God say about work? Because regardless of one's own opinion, what God says must matter more in your life as a disciple of Jesus. Jesus said through his disciple Matthew in Matthew 9, 37 and 38, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. The pure milk of the word, workers are disciples who do something, because God only sends his disciples into his harvest because they love him, obey his commands, and work. Are you a worker? You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the way of life, who do you work for? What do you think is the most common answer to the question, who do you work for? I remember in my early days of automobile claims, when I would say I was a claims adjuster, oh, the air changed immediately, and the story followed right behind it. They may or may not have had an experience with the company I work for, but the job title and industry had a bad name, and it seemed most had bad experiences. It was only after they invested time to get to know me, not as a claims adjuster, but as a person. That's where earning the right to be heard becomes the path to truly sharing life and discussing the things that are vital to one's spiritual life and growth. If the connection of the two beings remains only related to their experiences, then one's involvement stays in one dimension, and that's in the physical and it appears that many do exist there. The simple truth, yes, where you work is important because God led you there for discipleship work, because that's the harvest. But if you make your job your way of life versus just a means, it will consume you, your attention, and your time, and you will find you'll begin to have your identity from it as well, and an unproductive disciple you will become. Have you ever heard of anyone other than, say, a minister, priest, or pastor say they work for God? Would saying you work for God be strange? Or would it create an uncomfortable feeling within yourself if you responded to that question, who do you work for, or well, I work for God? Here's another question. Do you see your life as a disciple that's an employee? and testify that your work as a disciple is first and foremost in your life, or is it the other way around for you? Is your physical and spiritual lives working in unison or against each other? You know, the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, as God's word says. Are you intentionally living with a purpose to fulfill your calling by completing the mission of going and making disciples? and you live with a certainty and passion because you understand God has faithfully entrusted his work of discipleship to you? Would that make you feel uncomfortable to testify that you're actually working for God? I mean, after all, every disciple that God saves has work to do, right? It has to be because everyone cannot go to the same places. You have a passcode. I don't. You can get in. I can't. So I guess God placed you there and let me go where he desires for me to go. God confirms his truth in Ephesians 4. Listen, some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. 
and all of them appointed, yes, but regardless of their title and work classification, they all have, and must have, one common mission. They exist as one body, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, and one God, and go and make disciples. So if they are making disciples, then who do tell are the disciples? And what do they do? Jesus' great commission is to go and make disciples, and making the disciple is the work. You know, the teaching, reproving, correcting, and training. Oh, do you think that's only for the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? No, no, no. Every disciple, including the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, will be held to the standard that Jesus set. All of his disciples are accountable to work in making disciples. And being accountable to Jesus, the making of the disciples is for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up the body of Christ. In your calling as a disciple of Jesus, you possess the same Great Commission mission mindset, and God's mission plan fills your heart and floods your mind. You live and walk by the Spirit and battle against the infiltration and contamination of your heart and mind by the world's principles, systems, strategies, and standards. Every disciple is to do the will of the Father, which is equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. How are you equipping yourself and being equipped so you can equip others so they will be equipped to equip others. Now, if you, easy to say that. I will say it again. How are you equipping yourself and being equipped so you can equip others so they will be equipped to equip others? Now, it would be easy to try to wiggle out of the work God has called each and every disciple to carry out. But the plain old truth, based on the work of God, is completed in himself and by himself to the initial converts. There's no wiggle room for you at all. I would like you to ponder on this. Today in the culture which is being shaped and controlled by the God of this world, Satan, and depending upon where you stand in the culture, isn't it better to say you're a Christian than not to be a Christian? Can we agree on that? Because Christians are going to heaven and non-Christians aren't, right? I mean, so it would be make sense. And as a quote-unquote Christian, you're supposed to follow Jesus. Am I correct? And all they need to do is follow Jesus in order to end up where he's going. You know, like one car follows another. Would that assessment be accurate? So, the next question would be, what does following Jesus really look like and mean? Because if one takes the approach on testifying that they're not an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, then what are they? Oh, that's right. They're just a follower. So, would that mean then that not all followers are actually following Jesus, just proclaiming to be a Christian because it's better to be a Christian than to not be one? I'm just asking. Because if that's true, that makes Christians disciples, and disciples are laborers, then laborers are the ones that God is calling into his harvest to work. So the laborers are the workers who are the ones that bring the good news of good things, are they not? Are you working and serving so you can equip others to work and serve? Are you developing members of Jesus' body, work, 
so they can be equipped, developed, and they go and make disciples by equipping work, working and serving, so the building up of the body that God desires for his disciples to carry out and thus continue to spread the gospel message of the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Now, if you say, well, uh, when I have time, and some may honestly say, oh, no, not really, I, I mean, not entirely, but kind of when my time margin allows. So, if we look at it with an NGA mindset, you're either living as a disciple of Jesus or not. Then, if you're someone that says, well, no, not really, I mean, not entirely, but kind of when my time margin allows, this is a simple truth. No, I am not working or serving. I'm not equipped, therefore I'm not equipped to equip anyone else, and I'm not contributing to the development of the members of Jesus' body. I'm truly only concerned with my own eternal future, and I hope I end up in heaven. Therefore, truly, there is no evidence of anyone going and making disciples as a result of my work. I have no treasure in heaven, but I have a huge treasure here, but I'm a Christian that follows Jesus. Just think of the amount of fruit that would come to God from all of his disciples working. How many souls would experience life change? How many young people would be discipled? How many marriages would be reconciled versus ending in divorce? How many babies would be delivered as a result of marriage? If more disciples actually worked and carried out the mission of the Great Commission each and every today that God grants breath, that you would see more righteous living than unrighteous living that is pelting you day in and day out. Am I testifying to the truth? What do you think? Do you think it would be the same as you see it today? If so, get up and get to work. If you are a student of God's word and you know God's works, and the reason I used the present tense is because they are working today. Because if they didn't, it all, all of it, comes apart at the seams. Everything you perceive as permanent, like gravity, ceases to hold this gravitational pull. The planets, stars, galaxies, and even light that are attracted repel. I wonder where they go. Cogitate on this. Everything on the face of this planet, including your two feet, my fellow disciple, drift off into oblivion. I wonder where oblivion is. Because the simple truth is what God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Colossae in Colossians 1.17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now I've said it before, and I'm compelled to say it again. When God says all things, he means all things. Now you tell me what part of all things is not a part of all things. Do you know of any? So the pure milk of the word. It's the truth of what Jesus said. It's recorded in John 5, 17. My father is working until now, and I myself am working. There was a big issue about Jesus working on the Sabbath. And although God the Father did rest from his work, he really didn't need to rest as we perceive rest and need it. But rest he did. Now, some may not realize it, but God the Father, who is the one that's actually rescuing the disciples, it's not the Son. It's the Father who transfers his disciples into Jesus' care, custody, and control within Jesus' kingdom. Here's the evidence. Colossians 1.13 
for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Sounds like to me, when God the Father rescues, he is the rescuer. And when he does, he frees you and you become a new creature, a disciple rescued from the evil of your own sinful flesh and the blinding of your mind by the God of this world, the devil. So God the Father, when he rescues, he's working. People still getting rescued today? I guess he's working today. Now, we've established God the Father works. Well, God the Son definitely works, and I know the hands would go up with that question. Does the Son work? Especially when Jesus was looking into the eye of death and kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. That takes work. I guess that's why Jesus is the only one faithful and strong enough for that work. Believe that. Jesus is mission-minded. Are you mission-minded? Do I need to go on to all the work he's done in his healings, deliverance, cleansing, raising, casting, and feeding, not including his work yesterday and today? Jesus works, amen? So, we've established that the Father works and the Son works. What about the Spirit? Does the Spirit work? I would have to say, let's look at what God says. The first place we'll go is what God said to his disciple Moses. Moses? Well, if he used Moses then that would confirm God's word in 2 Timothy 3.16 is true. All scriptures inspired by God because Moses wasn't born until 1400 BC. We're talking Genesis. When Moses sat down to write, he worked for God. I would testify Moses didn't have any reservations or uncomfortableness about saying, I am working for I am. Listen to what Moses wrote in Genesis 1-2 where God said, The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Well, moving, my fellow disciples, is working. How about this? 1 Corinthians 12-11 But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So the Spirit confirms his work because works all these things and distributing is working. How about this work? Who do you think implanted, which is working, the seed in the womb of the virgin? Believe me, the Spirit is working. And today, the Spirit is working today. Anybody getting saved today? The Spirit of God works in all of Jesus' disciples, helping, sealing, guarding, counseling, granting salvation, guiding, interceding, regenerating, baptizing, convicting, providing power, revealing, indwelling, advocating, sanctifying, comforting, witnessing, inspiring, testifying, giving gifts, and teaching. You must admit this biblical truth, God the Holy Spirit works as well. Now, we have established, based on God's word and truths, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all work. They work before the creation of the world. They'll be working in a new heaven and earth. So if they're working on both ends of eternity, then they're surely working today. Amen? So, Jesus commands his disciples to live and work in accordance to Matthew 4.4. 4. In doing so, you demonstrate obedience as you live out your calling by following God's commands set out in his living word. Listen to Ephesians 5.1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So there you have it. 
God works every day, and as his disciples, you are to imitate God and work as his disciple every day. It's as simple as that. Here's an NGA for you. You will either work and imitate God and his work as his disciple, or you won't. The pure milk of the word? If you're working out of love, adoration, and devotion to God, then you'll work in obedience to God and his word. If you're not working unto God, then do tell. Who are you working for and why are you working? The simple truth, you must work because God commands it. Listen to this command in the latter part of Philippians 2.12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The pure milk of the word. The first word of this portion of Philippians 2.12 is work. You, as a disciple of Jesus, who's the recipient of God's work of salvation and sanctification, are to work. And the aim or focus of your work is to be on yourself. Because God said, your salvation. Now, please don't tell me he was only talking to those people back there. And yes, all others are important. But secondarily to you, my fellow disciple, because if your heart and mind are deficient of God's will, excuse me, God's will, ways, work, and truths, then your preparation and training will be from your own experience and what the world has taught you versus what God the Holy Spirit teaches you. And nothing you will do. And when you're working for your salvation versus working out your salvation, your work is aimed at yourself, for yourself, in need of yourself, and what you can gain in and by your own selfish efforts. And then it becomes a means of justification for what you think you're entitled to or what you deserve for your work. You must have a diligent and purposeful effort to be led by, walk by, and live by God, the Holy Spirit, versus your own sinful flesh that's in control of your thoughts, words, and deeds. Your sincere effort is the work of God because you now realize what a blessing it is to be a disciple of Jesus where God's work is being accomplished in and through you. You begin to realize Ephesians 2.10 is really happening in your life. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. That you are actually God's workmanship. You hear that? God's workmanship, not your own workmanship. The plain old truth is, you as a disciple of Jesus are their work product, their artistry, bringing to life their attributes and their handiwork. They develop their disciples' skills, techniques, and capabilities, and they provide the empowerment to carry out the work. They improve the quality, vitality, sustenance, and substance of your spiritual existence by the occupancy of them. Once God places his spirit in you, when he saves you from the domain of darkness, your mind is the first task to work on. Because your mind is bent, twisted, smoke covered and screened in and shaded, covered with lies, deceit and trickery of the devil. The more you read, study and meditate on God's word, work, you find that your mind is conformed and programmed to a worldview versus a biblical one. And that biblical one is on God's heart, God's words, God's way, and God's views. Now you have to choose God's way or your own, which, by the way, is the world's way, NGA. 
God challenges your belief system with truth. He challenges your concept of truth. God exposes the lies, misconceptions, and deceptions in the world that you may have believed and still may be believing them. God challenges beliefs that have been believed all your life. The truth, God rocks the foundation of one's belief system and builds on it the truth of who he is and what he has done in and through the lives of humanity. God's workmanship has been created in Jesus because Jesus is the exact representation as God testifies in Hebrews 1.3. Jesus is the standard and the focus of your attention must be on Jesus so you can work as the exact representation did and you become an effective laborer in the harvest. Therefore, the more you work on yourself with the truths of God at the core of your existence, which is at the spirit and heart level, then you will find yourself growing in the knowledge of God and the truth of God and begin imitating Jesus. And as your spirituality grows and matures, you begin to flourish in your role as a disciple as your sanctification advances from positional to progressive heading toward ultimate. And God makes work, God makes work your crooked path straight, your cloudy mind clear, and your words seasoned with salt. Your goals in life change and are well beyond just being good enough with the hopes of earning your way to eternal life with God. Discipleship becomes the way of life for you and you now only see the work of God being carried out in and through your life. You begin to see, you begin doing the work of God just like Jesus worked as he walked on his planet. And now that you know what God has testified is true and God makes his truth plainfully, uh, painfully obvious, and it could be plainfully, I mean, very clear. Why would you, as a disciple of Jesus, still believe, accept, and practice what God has proven to be a lie, empty, and follows the way of the world and the flesh? versus what the only true God has established and confirmed is the way to live. So how and what do you need to do so you too can live out the mission of the Great Commission? Going back to Philippians 2.12 for a moment. The word that follows work is out. To work out versus to work for. God is saying, work out your salvation, not work for your salvation, as many religions teach. No, God is saying, if you try to work out, correction, if God is saying, if you try to work for your salvation, it's fruitless to do that because you yourself could never surpass Jesus's work when he worked for your salvation. Believe that. Working out your salvation is a constant. It's the mechanism, the catalyst that drives the results that prove you are a disciple of Jesus. Yes, I said it. Prove. Now, the only reason I said prove is because I'm only quoting the king and what he says through his disciple John and John 15, 8. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. The pure milk of the word, Jesus is saying to all of his disciples that discipleship work is a common practice in your life. And when you're working, you will produce fruit. 
So question, see any fruit? Because no fruit also proves something as well. Do you know what that is? The pure milk of the word, working out your salvation, is an outward expression or evidence of the inward work of God the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if there's no working out, then there's no occupation. No occupation, vacancy. Vacancy, empty. Empty, no seal. Listen to what God said through his disciple Paul to the disciples in Colossae in Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now the word do means work. Your work is on your own spiritual development. Your work will either be performed righteously or unrighteously. And I hope you said NGA. Your work is based on and surpasses your own opinions, societal influence, race, and gender. Let me ask you, are you currently discipling anyone? Is anyone discipling you? This life of discipleship is living with a seer purpose to live out your calling and it goes well beyond an amble or a casual stroll through life, hoping to meet Jesus at the end and wishing that he will welcome you into his kingdom. Since you tried to walk as righteously as you could under your own abilities, thoughts, views, notions, and power. To walk as a disciple takes work. It's an intentional and purposeful step after step. As a disciple of Jesus, you desire to work unto God versus what you can muster up for yourself, believing that God is true to his word and your faithful labor is not in vain and your discipleship work will be fruitful in Jesus. God the Holy Spirit is your power source. He equips you for the work God has ordained for you prepared before the foundation of the world. Believe that. Your truthfulness and thankfulness is displayed to God for his choosing you to be his disciple in the harvest where your testimony aligns with God's word and ways and the gospel fills your heart, saturates your mind, and comes out of your mouth. So let me ask you, if you were to take an inventory of all the words proceeding from your mouth, What's the ratio of yours to God's words? And as I have testified, when the work of God is being carried out in your life, it confirms God's truth, will, and ways are, real, excuse me, are a reality. And they are alive in you. So, my fellow disciple, the do equals work. Discipleship equals work. It's an authentic effort to live out your calling with the Great Commission mission mindset. Your focus on the mission creates a powerful way of thinking to press on, work, to keep yourself from being lured into sin by your flesh and distracted by the things of the world. You can believe that. So if sin is a practice and you find yourself indulging in the things of the world, then you must know and understand they're designed to distract you from your work as a laborer in God's harvest. Is there any evidence that you can identify in your life 
that you could put on the distracted column? Now, cogitate on this. What if God whispered into your heart, your actions are speaking so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. And husbands, you ought to know what that means. Amen? So just a reminder, the best place for the enemy is in your camp. The will of the Father is to do disciple work. Remember that. If discipleship was easy, many would be doing it, right? But as God says, there are few who find it. Workers are few, and few are chosen. So, may I ask you, are you part of the many or the few? And discipleship and discipling others and being disciples, being discipled, excuse me, is the evidence of many or few. Discipleship is costly. It takes commitment, discipline, effort, and prayer. Lots of it. Jesus is the perfect example, and he makes it very clear that discipleship is a heck of a lot more than just being, existing, hoping, and wishing. When you're a disciple of Jesus, you respond to your calling and work out your salvation out of love for God and the love God has for you. When God said your salvation, he means your salvation. You must believe and understand God's word applies all along the linear line of time before time began now and forever. So you are the one God is talking to. Amen. And your is you. Yes, it's easy to look at others and critique and compare them to yourself or others. But when you work out your salvation, you're critiquing and comparing yourself to yourself and what God is saying. God has set the standard and the standard is Jesus. And Jesus gives his disciples the how and the why that you work out your salvation. Work out your salvation is created and built on supernatural changes within your spiritual being and will forever impact the way you speak, act, and live. Forever. Regardless of the way you lived in your flesh. You will work out your salvation by living out this new life God says you can have only in and by them. So all of those addictions, regardless of what they are or were, they will lose their power and control over your heart and mind. As you work out your salvation, you recognize your thoughts completely change. Your eyes and heart are open to see and focus on truth versus lies, good versus evil, and your feet begin to walk in the righteousness that's only found in and through and by the work and power of God the Holy Spirit. Working out your salvation means when you work, your work has purpose and intentionality. And it's a result of your genuine gratitude of what God has, is, and will be doing in and through your life now and forever. Versus just stumbling and bumbling around, wandering aimlessly, trying all kinds of remedies with insignificant results, attempting this or that to fill the unquenchable thirst and hungers that have been created in and by your sinful flesh as a result of sin that so easily entangles you. You work out your salvation by disciplining yourself, then as you disciple your spouse and then your children, and yet to be married 
You are also working out your salvation through and by other disciples God has placed in your life. Have you have any disciples of Jesus discipling you? Are you discipling within your home? Are you discipling at all? There are two wonderful bonds that occur in discipling. One is the most wonderful spiritual bond ever known to humanity through the amazing gift of marriage. Be more responsible than Adam. The other are disciples bonding together in koinonia, developing a companionship where as they grow in spiritual maturity, God will bring forth his blessing and promises according to his will and ways. Be unlike Cain. And you have to go read what Cain did to his brother Abel. Therefore, all disciples are working out their salvation through each other. And the new converts will be gratefully, <laughs> eternally grateful of your working out your salvation as they work out theirs. Amen. You work out your salvation by speaking the truth in love when you used to possess words of hate. You work out your salvation by living a disciplined life when you used to be bolsterous, disruptive, and recalcitrant. You work out your salvation by remaining calm when anger was your driving force. You work out your salvation by being selfless when you used to be selfish. You work out your salvation by considering others more important than yourself. You become humble when you used to be narcissistic. You work out your salvation in and by the truth of God's word in the lives of those disciples and future converts that God strategically places in your life. Yes, your salvation is your salvation. You work out your salvation in the lives of others in which you were absent by intentionality. And now as you work out your salvation, you become present with purpose. You work out your salvation and it's a genuine effort of this newfound energia or power provided by God the Holy Spirit. You must work out your salvation because since the creation of the world, God has been working through his disciples and they have been working in response to his work in them. And as of today, God has yet to downsize or lay off one laborer because you heard it in the intro. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. You are a disciple of Jesus, are to be working out your salvation because God is holy, glorious, majestic, powerful, mighty indeed, limitless in wisdom, grace, love, and mercy. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows everything is everywhere, and their words are true. They are the source for the strength for the weak and provide guidance and direction for the lost. They can illuminate any darkness. They can set you free from any form of bondage or addiction. They can open what's shut and close and no one can open. They can restore what was eaten and heal what was broken. They possess the most riches ever imagined. Their kingdom will last forever. Their loving kindness is new every morning. They can sympathize with your weaknesses and faithful to forgive and remember not. They have set the perfect example as to how and why you are to live as their disciple by working out your salvation as you follow their example. They are totally dependable, utmost in righteousness, and have conquered sin and the finality of death. They have given life for the furtherance of the gospel, and they listen and speak and provide understanding.
So if you look at Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, let one man sharpen another. It is a way of spiritual development for all disciples as you work out your salvation. You tell me how one sword, knife, could sharpen itself. No, you need others. Therefore, God and their work, you possess significant spiritual abilities and stand firm in the position of fulfilling your work as a disciple. And as you do, you know and understand you are accountable to God. Remember the early saying of body? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And when you raise your hand and be a laborer amid the masses that surround you, they will see it and call you by name. And you yourself will begin your journey on the mission for the Great Commission, completing the work that God desires for their disciples to do in their harvest. And as you work out your salvation, you'll be one as they are one. And their work through you will be carried out according to their will as you begin and bring the good news of good things to each and every soul you encounter. Amen. As we head back up, take this with you. Your job, career, occupation, or whatever you want to call it, is only the means. It will never be the way of life when you are a disciple of Jesus. Listen to what God says in the following two verses. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in a body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And Revelation 22.12 Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. The pure milk of the word, both passages have the same words, according to what he has done. Sounds like to me, since the Father is working and so is the Son and so is the Spirit, the word done means performed, completed, finished, or accomplished. Where are you working, and what have you performed, completed, finished, or accomplished, as a disciple of Jesus. The demonstration of your belief in God is proven by how you live. If you believe him, then you will read his word and your life will be lived through your spirit and will be infused into theirs. And his word, work, and will will be alive in and through you as his spirit is alive in you. Now, I will ask you, take some time today because that's all you have right today look in the mirror with God's word in your hand because it will judge the thoughts and intentions of your heart and ask yourself am I a faithful laborer God can entrust his work to do in his harvest let me pray for you Abba I love you and thank you for today this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, you've said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Today, O loving and merciful God, I'm beseeching you, Lord, imploring you, Lord, petitioning you, Lord, to send out workers into your harvest, so there may be fruit as a result of the labor's effort, to fruitfully work in your harvest. I know and believe that you are a loving God that abounds endlessly with love, mercy, grace, and faithfulness. 
Empower your disciples today to go to work and work with joy, thankfulness, and compassion to do your will and bring the good news of good things. You call us to be your disciples. Galvanize us as one body, one spirit, one faith, and one Lord. I know you see the evil and wickedness that rests within our own flesh. And you see the evil on all sides of us today. The only place we can look without seeing evil is you. Enable us to continue to fix our eyes on Jesus. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a way by which you have empowered me as a worker in your harvest. I know it's by the power and work of your spirit that brings forth this Godcast into the hearts, minds, ears of those who are listening. Help them to discern their role as a disciple and work you have ordained for them to live out today. Remind them of their job as temporal, but their life and work as a disciple is eternal, and it is the way of life. There are so many, Lord, that are really struggling today. Be merciful, O God, and provide your strength, might, and power to help each and every one of your disciples today. There are some today that will ask you for a disciple to disciple them, and disciples desiring and willing to disciple another. Abba, answer their prayer today. You've established your great commission, and as disciples of Jesus, I ask that you make all your disciples mission-minded so they too will work out their salvation as faithful disciples. Make all of your disciples doers of the word and not mere hearers. Equip them so they will equip others. Provide them with the discernment, wisdom, understanding, and patience. You have made it evident. You work, the Son works, and the Spirit works. Make workers of us all so that we may do your will in being and making disciples today. Thank you for today. Thank you for inclining your ear to hear my prayer. Incline your ear to hear the prayers of those disciples that have yet to live as you have called them to live. Inspire them, build them up, so they too will be useful vessels in your kingdom plan of redemption. I thank you for today. I am so thankful and so, so grateful for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.